Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is going on, y'all? And welcome to another episode of Liberty Line Radio right here on Fox Sports The Gambler. I'm your host today, Victor Williams. Be sure to go follow me on Twitter at the Philly Pod. Do the same for the Liberty Line on Twitter and Instagram at Liberty Line PHL. And do the very same for uh, Fox Sports The Gambler on Twitter and IG at uh, Fox PHL Gambler. I'm usually joined by my partner, Drew Smith. You can follow him on Twitter at Drew M. Smith, but he decided to uh, to run away <laughs> and go on vacation uh, at the end of the week. So uh, being joined by me co-hosting this episode is fellow podcast co-host. You can follow him on Twitter at Stephen Conrad Jr. His name is Stephen Conrad Jr. What's going on, buddy? How's it going? Why do you, why do you got to say my name like that? Because that's how it is. Because that's why we're going to do it for this episode. So what's, <laughs> what's new with you, man? Um, well... Just like everybody else, I feel like I've lost just about all the hair in my head due to sitting here waiting, stressing about when uh, Carson Wentz is good, man. Now, I'm, uh, the last like 24 hours, I almost wondered, I was like, wow, I almost wonder if ha- um, Jeffrey Lurie's going to be like, hey, Howie, you suck, man. Get out of here. We're going to hold on to the franchise quarterback. I mean, I, I don't know, man. Like, what, what's the holdup? What do you think the holdup is? Yeah, it's getting to the point. And we'll, we'll, when we do our penthouse and doghouses, we'll have our <laughs> have our uh, opinions on that. But it's getting to the point now where you kind of assume Carson Wentz would be traded by now. Uh, so now that it's kind of going on longer than we initially thought, and we understand that how he's not going to rush it, you know, if the best offer to this point is the uh, is is the two seconds and the third that the Colts have offered, then how he's going to wait to try and get you know uh, appropriate compensation. And if it is, uh, you know, if they're waiting for that first round pick now, you know, we all think that he, we should at least be able to get one first uh, for Carson Wentz. But if it's looking like we're not going to be able to get that, uh, what are they going to decide to do? Are they still going to move him for less? Are they going to, to, to hold on to him and try to, you know, re, rekindle the relationship? I'm not sure how, uh, you know, they're they're going to move forward. But that's the, the, the intriguing thing about all of this. But, you know, at the end of the day, Jalen Hurts is my QB1. So, <laughs> so <laughs> nah, but he, he's, we're, we're all preparing ourselves for you know for, for Hurts to move forward uh, we don't want I personally don't don't you know want any parts of a quarterback at, at pick six and um, you know we're just all preparing ourselves for for, for Carson Wentz to you know leave, leave the team and move on elsewhere yeah and you know um, fortunately I know at least for some of us here on the Liberty Line radio I know we're gonna a lot of today's show we're gonna be uh, really critiquing criticizing Howie Roseman, but to be uh, extremely fair, I guess you could say one of his strengths is he's been historically pretty good at trades, right? And, and kind of, I guess you could say, winning trades for the Eagles. He gets pretty good value. I mean, the list goes on and on. He traded, I mean, a third round pick for Darius Slay. I mean, the Eagles haven't even had a corner half as good as Darius Slay over the years. They sent over a third-round pick for the guy, and he instantly really changes the uh, secondary. So, I mean, that's just one example. So this is one of the uh, strengths of Howie Roseman, right? So it shouldn't be a surprise he's kind of sitting here waiting and and trying to get the best deal possible for the Eagles' sake, right? So um, I wouldn't be surprised if this uh, takes 
you know, even longer. He's he's not going to be happy. He's not going to pull the trigger until they get the best possible deal. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be one of one of these um, longer situations that we're just going to have to wait and see play out. Um, we're all kind of you know over that. We we would like to, you know to kind of move on with whatever the you know the the shape of this team is going to be. And you know in the meantime, we're just going to have to sit on our hands and and wait this out. Uh, but you know in lighter news, the Sixers at least aren't as depressing. They did drop one to Portland yesterday, but uh, it didn't feel like a loss. You know, in entirety, they finally lost their first game with their entire starting line t- or starting lineup intact. Uh, but you know the. the they wrap up their road trip uh, with the, with that loss to Portland, but it's 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 looking good for the Sixers. Still holding the first spot in the East. Ben Simmons is being more aggressive on offense, and we'll talk more in the next segment with with Kevin about uh, the Sixers in totality. But how are we feeling about the Sixers this far into the season? Still, they got the Bucks on their tails, uh, but they're doing their part to this point. Well, I mean, they've exceeded my expectations heading into the season. I I mean, I thought you know going into the season they would be top three or four team in the east definitely better than last year at least on paper right we, we thought with the new coaching staff and bringing in pieces that actually complement the two-star players um but you know their first place in the east um i believe they got like a game and a half lead on the bucks and then the the nets right the nets <laughs> watch out for the nets by about three games <laughs> and i think the celtics and a few other teams are like four or five games uh back you know of the first seed so i, I just you know let's keep this up you know, like you said, the Blazers game, that was a tough one. They only lost by four, right? And then a lot, you know, to be honest with you, I don't think um, that game could have went either way. Like, at the six, there was a lot of opportunities. The Sixers were just missing their shots, and the Blazers were hitting their shots. So that game really could have went either way. They only lost by four on the road, which is uh, pretty surprising. But, you know, first place in the East, I really can't be too upset. They've uh, exceeded my expectations, honestly. Yeah, well, it doesn't, you know, when when you have to deal with Prime Mellow, I guess you kind of <laughs> you kind of have to, uh, um, you know, you're, you're not equipped for that. So actually, and now I'm looking at this one 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 second. Now I'm looking at this. So are I'm, I need I need I need I need Jack in here. So Jack, why are you why are you real quick telling me that <laughs> on this on this layout that we're wrapping up this road trip when we play Phoenix tomorrow? What is going on here? Well, because by the time this airs, Phoenix game will be done. No, no. Oh, you mean like if well, the, the game is at three, so it'll be it'll be currently no, the game is at three, so the the game will currently be playing, so that's fine, that's good. Uh, yeah, we're wrapping up the road trip. Kevin, will the road trip be wrapped up by five 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 on Saturday? I mean, well, they still have another game against Utah after that. <laughs> it's technically a four game Western Conference swing. Jack, I give you one job, bro. I give you one job. I don't know why we can't just have a have an outline. So we're not wrapped up on the road trip, basically. No, no. I I can't I can't. Oh, we're in Utah, Kevin. Kevin, we're in Utah. Yes. Okay. Well, when you run into Prime Mellow and you're one rebound short of the triple double that that Ben Simmons was, twenty three points, eleven points, and nine points yesterday. Kev, real quick before we get into the segment, are we happy with the Sixers uh, to this point? Are you happy with the loss yesterday? It didn't feel like one to me. I kind of liked how the team looked. Uh, I I wasn't I wasn't devastated, but you know, Ben Simmons inbound pass away from winning that game. A lot better, but it looks like yeah. (laughs) Happy with the loss was a. a I wasn't devastated. I wasn't devastated. Yeah, it's definitely one of those. It's just. I mean, when you have Melo kind of turn back the clock like that, it's one of those, you just kind of have to tip your hat to the Blazers. That game went down to the wire. It really could have went either way. If three or four plays go the Sixers' way instead of the Blazers' way, I think they win that game. But all in all, I mean, Melo was just untouchable in that third quarter or early in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, the loss stings, but it's one of those, you know, you're not in flat-out shambles after it happens. 
Yeah, I wasn't in shambles. You know, Stephen was in shambles because this man, you know, wanted to. Oh yeah, let's just not act like you were the one in the group chat. We're, we were, we were. It was. I mean, I wasn't happy with the inbounds pass, but I guess yeah. you know, if you take, you know, Seth Curry was. <laughs> it didn't happen. Now, uh, after after your first option is taken away, it just didn't happen. So, it was, it was, it was, it was. The game ending was disappointing, but I was happy with the performances and and uh, Ben Simmons' offensive growth. It seems to be where we're we're realizing here at last finally. So <laughs> the the aggressiveness is well warranted. Whether it was Dame uh, that that was encouraging him to to be more aggressive on offense or not, uh, but we'll find out. You know, we'll we'll go more in depth with it into the next segment. But uh, we're about to go to break real quick. Coming up afterwards, where and when or where and when rather <laughs> is Wentz going? Uh, is he going to is he going to be in Indianapolis, Chicago? We'll go over some potential trade packages and can anyone stop the Sixers? Well, I don't know why we worded it like that when Portland did yesterday, but we will get into the Sixers uh, more in depth in the next segment. But keep it locked right here to Fox Sports the game. Carson Wentz. So we'll go into a little depth into what pra- uh, what trade packages we think are our fair value for Carson Wentz uh, and things like that. Now, now obviously. Uh, the the value that you think you can get back for Carson Wentz is widely dependent on your own views of Carson Wentz in general. So everybody knows at this point that my views of him are a little are a little higher than others. Uh, but I just briefly want to go around the room real quick and think what what we can get uh, for for Carson Wentz in this deal. And then I'll I'll, I'll end it with my, the packages that I have put together. So we have Jack Connell uh, with us as well as Justin J. Bradley and and Stephen Conrad, who's uh, leading the charge with me today. So first I want uh, Justin's ideas because he's he's uh, very opinionated as far as Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz and things like that. But would you take the deal that the Colts have apparently offered with the two seconds and a third? Do you think we should hold out for first? Do you think a player should be involved? What do you think is fair compensation for Carson Wentz to this point? Well, first of all, I'd love to first. Uh, that's apparently what they're really yeah. wanting. <laughs> but we I all. doubt that's going to happen. <laughs> uh, so I definitely want a first, though. If you're going to trade Wentz, you need a first-round pick. And then, you know, some other compensation, whether it be a bunch of draft not a bunch of draft picks, but like two or three draft picks. And then, you know, like a th- in the third round, maybe a second. and then uh, Or a player. Depending how good the player is, I think. You know, I wouldn't need as many draft picks if that player is, like, actually good on, like, Tariq Cohen, you know? So, as long as that player is can benefit the team, I won't care too much about how many draft picks we get back. Are there any players that you think uh, you would involve, if, if there's, um, you know, if it's Chicago, and I guess we'll just focus on Chicago as well as the Colts, are there any players from either side of the team? I know we all, you know, dream about Roquan Smith coming here, but I don't I don't think Chicago that, parts with that. That would, be my, that would be my guy to go for, but if, I don't know. I don't know who you would go for other than Rokon Smith, honestly, that I think is worth it. Yeah, it'd be tough to f- figure out. You know, players. The most of the packages I'm seeing uh, that are being you know thrown around are, are mostly uh, heavily laid with uh, with with draft compensation. So maybe we'll see what players are involved if if they think that Carson Wentz is worth it in the end. Jack, what do you think we get for Carson Wentz in the end? I like I. You see a lot of reports. I think they said Indianapolis offered two seconds. You're going to get a first round pick. Indianapolis has been very hesitant to offer their first round, but I think you're going to end up getting a first and like a third round pick from Chicago. In terms of player compensation, a guy I talked about before, he's not the most exciting player, but somebody I could see being fit is Jimmy Graham, especially if you're letting Zach Ertz go, if you're going to either trade him, cut him, whatever. Nick Nick Sirianni liked to run a lot of 12 personnel with Indianapolis. Jimmy Graham fits that really well as a backup tight end, as a compliment to Dallas Goddard, and he's really great in short bursts. He's on a cheap contract for next season, so I think he'd be an interesting grab. 
Yeah, Jimmy Graham, that's a, that's a that's the first I've heard of him. Yeah, I believe he's... Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 34. So that would be like, do, are the Eagles going to be in a place where they're going to compete and want to and want to, you know, invest in players that, that you know, of that age? Or are they just going to try and get what they can get for Carson Wentz? So that's something uh, that the Eagles are going to have to keep in mind as far as players, you know, pushing pushing you know, the, the latter part of 30. Um, but Steven, we all we we all know to this point where, where we are with the with Carson Wentz. But um, do you, what, what kind of trade package are you holding out hope for in return for Carson Wentz? Well, you gotta get at least one first round pick. I at mean, the very least, you would hope. You know, I mean, I guess two first rounders is like the pipe dream, but doesn't look like any team's gonna be giving that up. I mean. Like, you know, everybody's going to come out here and spitball players. I mean, Tariq Cohen's somewhat intriguing, I guess. I mean, it would be nice to finally address run- that running back two spot, have a guy behind Miles Sanders who can kind of contribute in a big way because we haven't had that, you know, over his tenure here. And, well, never know if he's going to get hurt or miss some games. Need a guy who can take a big bulk of uh, carries and touches in the offense. I mean, you know linebackers a whole you guys mentioned Roquan Smith and stuff like that I mean for me it's just about the draft compensation what we get in return I at least got to get a first round pick and hopefully like uh I mean I would love to get a second or third on top of that as well I, I don't care who it's coming from but you know I mean you see all these reports are all over the place but I need at least a first round pick in any Carson Wentz trade package yeah, that's what you would hope for at the very least is that first rounder. Uh, if you anyone that's not offering that, I wouldn't even really entertain. And then, like I said, uh, it, it gets to the point of what 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 is the least you're willing to move Carson Wentz for? Can can he you know remain in the organization if they don't get fair compensation? That's something that we're going to have to keep an eye on. Uh, now, now the two packages that I would be most intrigued with that I think would be fair is um, if it's Chicago, I think you can get a first round pick for them. It's it's 20th overall, and then if you could get a guy like Kyle Fuller. Um, there's players like Danny Trevathan, the 31-year-old running back, as well as Eddie Jackson. Those are some players to keep an eye on. But I think uh, Kyle Fuller, um, you know, he was their best defensive back last season. Um, but they did draft Jalen Johnson in the second round last year. So they, they do have, you know, some, some stud cornerback talent there. And they can afford to part with Kyle Fuller. Um, and we desperately need that that solid cornerback to opposite Darius Slay. Darius Slay is, uh, you know, pushing 30. And um, Abonte Maddox had a poor season last year. He he allowed a 108.3 passer rating when targeted. And obviously, Nickel Roby Coleman uh, it doesn't look like he'll be brought back after an underwhelming year. So so a guy like Kyle Fuller in the first round pick, I would be happy with a package like that. Uh, and then if you were looking at the Colts, I think a fair player to get in that deal would be Rocky Sin. He was the cornerback that that thrived under Jonathan Gannon uh, as a rookie last year. Uh, he he had a he had a rough go of it his second season, heavily due to penalties. Uh, but that's something that you could rectify with coaching. And you know, not much better you can ask for when you have the guy that coached him to an elite season as a rookie. So if you can get the first round pick from the Colts, he, 21st overall for them, and a guy like Rocky Sin, another cornerback option, uh, when you let guys like Sidney Jones and Russell Douglas go, uh, you, you know, and you have somebody like Jonathan Gannon here who, who's good at coaching talent uh, in the secondary. So you hope that you can round out Rocky Sin back to form. So those are kind of the two guys uh, that I'm keeping an eye on as far as trade packages. Uh, but you definitely do 
need need that first round pick. Uh, so the one one more question I want to uh, I want to address before we do uh, move on to the Sixers is the is the quarterback position, but not so much Carson Wentz. More so, the more buzz that's being drawn around uh, that number six pick and possibly looking at uh, some quarterback options. So, Justin, I want to know: Is there anybody you've been have you been putting a lot of stock into potentially taking a quarterback no, uh, at no. that six pick, or do you or, or do you think no. Jalen Hurts is the answer moving forward? No, Jalen Hurts. You got to ride with Jalen Hurts. You leave one QB controversy and you bring in another one. That makes yeah, zero sense. exactly. Yeah. How he comes in and says, you know, we're a QB factor, and he definitely regret it saying that and he's on he's on record of saying that you don't do this again you're just it's like you always talk about a revolving door you don't do it you go and get i know we always wanted carson wants to get his number one receiver but you gotta go and get jamar chase if he's available and if he's on the board that's my number one option 100 percent yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. You can't move Carson Wentz just to put Jalen Hurts through the same scenario. It doesn't make sense. Uh, it's wasting another resource that shouldn't have been wasted last season. Uh, now, you know, you don't want to have this revolving door of quarterback. Stick to one guy. See what you can get out of him. You failed to already build around Carson Wentz. Don't make the same mistake uh, with Jalen Hurts. Jack, where do you stand? I know you're a big Trevor Lawrence guy, but where do you stand <laughs> as far as the Eagles and uh, potentially drafting a quarterback with that sixth overall pick? Yeah, I would love Trevor Lawrence, but like, is there's no real, real chance of it. The only situation where I would even consider another quarterback is if somehow Justin Fields fell all the way to six. I feel like you give it a good long consideration about possibly taking him before moving on Jalen Hurts. I would say it's pretty much a ninety-five percent chance you run with Jalen Hurts next season, unless some crazy situation falls in your lap. You have to consider it. Yeah, that's probably Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's a, he's the he's the the end all be all. But there's no shot that you're gonna move up, you know, in the draft to to take a guy like that. I'm seeing a lot of buzz around Zach Wilson, uh, Justin Fields. I'm even seeing some uh, some Trey Lance talk. Um, so you know, I like like the both of you. I believe that that Jalen Hurts moving forward with him is is the adequate thing uh, to do in this situation. Stephen, any thought at all into <laughs> into taking a quarterback in this draft? None. None. No consideration I want whatsoever. QB controversy. No, I don't. We are the QB. We are the QB controversy factor. In case you haven't heard, not just the QB factor. And I, I saw Twitter was like losing their minds over the fact that the Eagles sent somebody to Trevor Lawrence's like pro day. I mean, there's, there's a lot behind. Yeah, well, I mean, of course they're going to doing their due diligence. Feel of how good the guy is, right? So they'll be able to take notes on him and maybe, you know, use that in the next couple years if, uh, you know, they have to scout another QB in the early rounds if Jalen Hurts, God forbid, doesn't pan out for this team, but. You know, it's time to get some consistency and continuity here. You know, Jalen Hurts, I see, is getting people out there in Texas to work out with them, train with them, the receivers, right, to be more specific. Let's just have a normal offseason and let's finally build something here rather than uh, damage what already exists. Yeah, that's that's kind of where you need to you need the consistency, and that's a that's a um, it's a good point that you brought up because you haven't seen a lot of it in the offense over recent years. There's no continuity within the offense, and if you just keep mixing around quarterbacks, it's not going to make that situation any better. Uh, and now you have a new coach in here who's going to be implementing a new system. Now, whether he was hired to fix Wentz or not, um, you know that ship has kind of sailed at this point. So you got to hope that Sirianni, as well as Jalen Hurts, the new quarterback coach that 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 knows Hurts very well, they can all come together, build an adequate offense around him, and get some pieces around him that can be productive uh just keep in mind Jalen Hurts is only 22 so we, we don't have to rush this process you know if he doesn't perform in the next year or two you know that doesn't mean you got to get him out of here and start start over uh that's that's a concept that I need the Eagles to understand 
you know, moving forward. So, so getting off the Eagles, you know, the, the soapbox real quick and switching over uh, to the Sixers. Obviously, we touched on it briefly in the uh, in the first segment. And with that, we're going to bring in Sixers Insider with 973 ESPN, Kevin McCormick, as well as newest addition to the Liberty Line, uh, Luke Arcani. Now, we, we went over it briefly, uh, the, the Portland game. Uh, earlier in the week, Joel Embiid, 35 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists. Ben Simmons with the near triple-double, 23 points, 11 rebounds, in addition to 9 assists. And, of course, his contributions on defense. So, of course, getting Kevin's thoughts. Now, I know um, that the starting lineup has been very impressive uh, in, in recent weeks, suffering the, that first loss to Portland with when they're all intact. Uh, now, Danny Green seems, well, to me, obviously, we all, all have our different thoughts about, about Danny Green. Um, and do you, do, how important is it to keep this starting line intact? Do you move people? Pieces around to try and get another piece before the deadline. I know you're big on PJ Tucker and potentially getting some other pieces in here. Um, how vital is it that the Sixers keep this starting lineup together? I would say it's pretty vital, but it's also one of those if the right move comes along, you have to take it. I, I'm a very big Zach Levine guy, and if Danny Green is to make or break on getting that deal done, I think you think very long and hard about getting it done. But, I mean, Danny Green, I've said it before, I really think he's the unsung hero of the starting lineup, as crazy as that sounds, just because, for starters, he's been out there every night for, I mean, a dude of his age who's been out there, even at the time of logging huge minutes when the Sixers only had seven players, he's out there every night just defending hard, just always doing the scrappy stuff, defending hard, diving for loose balls, he's always in the mix on the glass, so... Having just a small glue guy like that who does all the little things, I think it is good from a veteran perspective because it sets a good example. And then, you know, guys like Matisse Thibel, Shake Mill, and Tyrese Maxey, they see stuff like that. And I think it kind of helps lead by example and it helps everybody else want to play hard, especially with, you know, your veteran guys who look to command the locker room and, you know, the younger guys look at as, you know, kind of a tone setter. Yeah, I think we we all look at the at the starting lineup, and at least they have the continuity with it with the offense that Doc Rivers is implementing. So that's always the important part. Um, you did mention Seth Curry is um he he seems to be rounding back into the form of fifteen game or fifteen points in the last game to Portland twenty plus points prior to that. Uh, has has Seth Curry returned to form in your eyes? Or do you think he's getting back into shape? How has he looked? Um, you know when you go from the beginning of the season to him going through COVID and now to what he's doing now, do you think he's coming back to that to that form that we saw him in at the beginning? beginning of the season. Yeah, I think he's starting to look like the Seth Curry that kicked off the season with just phenomenal numbers. He had that really, really rough stint for that small stretch. Yeah, it was rough. It looked like it was COVID rough. really took its toll. <laughs> and Doc Rivers even said himself he wasn't going to rush anything with Seth. He wanted everything to come back organically. And all in all, it really did start to come back organically. And in my eyes, even came back sooner than I anticipated after seeing him kind of struggle out there. I thought it's going to take a couple of weeks to see Seth Curry look like Seth Curry again. But these past few games, he's been doing it all. He's been knocking them shots from deep, getting it done off the dribble, you know, taking guys off the dribble to the rim and just being that huge impact that he was to kick off the season. Yeah, we all do understand how important it is for Seth Curry to be that man. You know, the shooting is what makes this offense work when you have the, the ball movement that Ben Simmons brings, as well as uh, Joel Embiid putting on the performance that he is. Having those shooters that can knock down shots around him uh, is is vital to the offense, and having Seth Curry come back and be able to do that has definitely been something that's uh, encouraging to see. Now, uh, I want to ask Luke your thoughts on Joel Embiid in general. Uh, he is obviously, as we are all, you know, <laughs> back in Philly here, he looks like the clear MVP to us. But you take into account what Jokic is doing and LeBron and things like that. How impressed have you been with the Joel Embiid in wake of all these other uh, guys and the way they're playing this season? Is he the clear MVP to you? Absolutely. Um, I don't think 
you can really ask much more out of him. Um, with uh, 29.4 points per game, he's averaging over 10 rebounds a game. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He's just, he's really started to amp his game up, and he's just showing pure dominance on the court every single night. Uh, the other night against Sacramento, he had arguably one of his more down games of the year, and he finished with, what, like 23 and 10 and 4. and like it, It's just crazy like how much he's progressed over time, and to see how he's playing this year, he's 100% my outright MVP right now. Yeah, I think the the Sacramento game, he didn't look as great as in, you know, De'Aaron Fox and company were, uh, were pushing that tempo, a tempo that Joel Embiid isn't used to, and he, he was uh, he still finished the game with 25 points, in addition to, to 17 rebounds and 6 assists. He was 6 for 15 on the floor, but he still felt his impact, and that's something impressive. Even when he has a down game, he's 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 still producing on the floor, and that certainly is uh, encouraging to see from a guy that we hope can take us uh, deep into the playoffs and, and stay healthy. Now, real quick, <laughs> we all know the Sixers are, are the top of the East, but Steve, who is at this point, uh, you know, this far into the season, who poses as the biggest threat to the Sixers thus far? The biggest. I'll ask every. I'll, I'll ask everybody. I'll ask everybody. <laughs> but for you, you first, who's, me first, because it's this is this is just where we're at. <laughs> who is the biggest threat to the Sixers at this point? Um, in the East, in the East, in the East. In the East, <laughs> I'm gonna say in the postseason because I'm, you know, I, I get the Bucks are trailing us by like a game or so. Um, don't act like you, <laughs> this man acting like you don't know. <laughs> I thought one into this. I like we all know it. what he's gonna say. He's gonna act like he has to think about it. <laughs> Probably the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, Probably got three yeah. guys who average five <laughs> yeah. plus per game. Jeez, I mean, shocker! Shocker! It's not rocket science. I mean, we don't have enough defenders to keep. Look, I get <laughs> they're losing the terrible teams, but that's yeah. I mean, you know, imagine if they can. I, I think if they can find it, you know, put things together, they're gonna be a tough. Uh, Tough team to face in the playoffs, you know. You, it's kind of hard to argue against that. I, I don't know. I feel like the safe bet would be to say the Bucks, honestly. But I don't know. Watch out for the I'll Nets. Let, I'll let other people in here. Uh, watch out for teams. watch out for the Nets. Justin, who's who's the biggest threat to the Sixers in the East? Nobody. Nobody. Oh, yeah. see, that's the right answer, Stephen. Take notes. Take notes, man. Love that. Love it. Love I like it. Kevin. I mean, the only give us the give us the give us the uh, analytical take because you're you're the insider. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the only answer is Brooklyn. I mean, although their depth is very questionable, for starters, I don't think their current roster is going to be the roster they take into the postseason. And just when you talk about postseason play, everyone talks about how the game slows down a little bit and there's more emphasis on defense and stuff, but. When you have guys like Harden, Duran, and Irving running that offense, those are three guys that can ISO out and pretty much break down any defender in the NBA and go get a bucket. So they're going to be very interesting come playoffs. I think the pick-and-roll combinations between the three of them are going to be very interesting. And just defensively, they're going to be a very tough team to stop, even though they're still going to be a revolving door on defense. Yeah, that's yeah, they definitely are revolving to our, our, our defense. And with no big men, it, it becomes difficult because DeAndre Jordan uh, certainly isn't the answer there. Now, I, I do have one more question for you, Kevin. But well, I'll I'll go to Jack real quick on who, who you know, 
we all we all obviously think 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 it's the Nets at this point. So who who hmm how how like okay so I'll say for you Jack other than the Nets hey, who who do you think is is the biggest problem um for the Sixers? Let's do let's do it uh like from a big man standpoint though because the Nets don't really have anybody that can compete with Joel Embiid. So who do you think in the East is going to give Joel Embiid the biggest problem? In the East, I don't know if there's really anybody. I mean, the next best defensive big might be Bam Adebayo off the top of my head, and I don't even know if you're going to see them in the playoffs. They've been struggling very much to start the season with a lot of COVID-related issues. I mean, overall, I would say the Bucks, but the Bucks really don't have much of a big man presence. Just maybe Giannis inside. I don't know if there's even a team in the East, or really in the NBA for that matter, that can have, um, give Joel Embiid any issues. Brook Lopez is that the guy? Is that the guy for you? <laughs> like top in the league in blocks last year. What do you mean? Uh, I mean that nobody should be scared of Brook Lopez. Like that's not a name I'm thinking of. Like oh my god, we yeah, gotta play Brook Lopez. If you pair him and Giannis, that's, that's I mean, Brook Lopez what? has the the body that could potentially keep up with him beat. And then when you have Giannis as a roamer on defense, that could be a duo that could potentially give him beat some fits, but. Who knows? Uh, yeah, I thought the Lakers knows? were going to give them serious trouble with all their size, and he just steamrolled them. So yeah, Marcus Gasol uh, ain't, ain't, ain't what he used to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really think there's a front court matchup that's going to play on the <laughs> Oh man, since we're, since we're on the topic of big men, real quick, Kevin. Now, uh, Dwight Howard has seemed to be uh, committing a lot more fouls in recent memory, at least to me. Um, is that going to be a problem down the road? Do you think with Dwight Howard committing all these fouls, is there is there going to be uh, a lot more? <laughs> is it going to be a lot more Tony Bradley sightings, or do you think this is just what we're going to get? from Dwight Howard? I think if you see more from a different big man, it's because they go and they get a stretch big in the trade market. Just because although Dwight's fouls can be an issue at times, the real issue is him pairing on the floor with Ben Simmons. Just that that pairing together on the floor has not done well offensively. We've even seen Doc Rivers go to Tobias Harris running these bench units in these past few games. I feel like partly because of that. But Dwight, as crazy as it sounds, I think is really going to be a vital piece come playoffs, mainly for the sense of, yeah, he racks up a lot of fails, but the dude's just an agitator. And I think when you have a guy like that who can really just get under player skin and bother them and get in their head mentally, it's going to help in a playoff setting and could potentially help them steal some games down the road. Yeah, well, it's certainly a better option than uh, than, than Greg Monroe and Amir Johnson in years past. So, so can't complain <laughs> can't complain about a whole lot as far as what Dwight Howard is. He he certainly at least when Joel Embiid comes out of games, we're not you know we're not down by twelve when he comes back in. So that's that's the most uh, we we can ask for at this point. But of course, good things we've seen from the Sixers. Uh, they remain at top of the East, and we hope that they can keep it moving moving forward. So so quick things, quick notes to hit on the Phillies. I have uh you know we don't we don't have um um Danny here and and Drew to to sit here and scream about it uh, but we do have Luke and Kevin over here to go over some brief uh, some brief moments on what's going on with the Phillies this week yeah man so Brad Miller is back great to say it I mean Brad Miller was a very interesting piece when he was here for that short stint gives you another utility guy off the bench another decent bat should get a decent run when guys like Bohm or Sigour or Kingery need a day off in the infield but all in all, I mean, it's not this any, like, star-filled signing, but it's one of those just smoothing out the edges, and now I think the Phillies kind of have another nice addition to that bench. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, a, I actually uh, found this pretty interesting. Um, before the uh, Trevor Bauer deal, the uh, with the Real Muto contract, uh, the Phillies have spent more money this offseason than every team except the Blue Jays. So I think that kind of stands out as to the impact that uh, Dombrowski has had, that it's not a ton of big-name guys, but he knows what this team needs, and he's slowly putting it together. 
And I think this team might be getting a little overlooked. Um, I think with the DD signing and the big JT coming back, I think they definitely might be a scary team. What What's funny is earlier Justin talked about how Howie Roseman might have regretted saying QB factor, and it kind of hit me. I wonder if John Middleton regrets the stupid money comments after all the things that we went through this offseason. I mean, he probably has to, right? He's <laughs> he spent a ton of money. But, I mean, it's it's hopefully worked, and I think right now I would call this a pretty successful offseason with JT coming back and Didi and the small little pitchers and uh, like Archie Bradley, who's Bam. had a big... He said successful. Big, um, he's had a very big impact so far on Twitter. It seems like he already loves to be here. Seems like a big Philly guy. So, yeah, I mean, we hate on John Middleton a lot and all this stuff, but I think in the end, if the team makes the right moves, and so far I think they've made some good moves, I think they definitely have a chance to compete. It's the most positive Philly segment I've heard. Yeah. On the show. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, here, I'll dim it down for you because I don't yeah, know. Please, if success... please. Yeah, take it down a notch for a second. <laughs> I really don't know if successful is the word I'd use for this offseason, mainly because the Phillies kind of sat around on their hands and waited for JT and DD to fall in their laps. Um, the starting pitchers are going to be competitive guys, but no real third piece behind Nolan Wheeler. And, I mean, I, we still don't know what this bullpen is going to look like. So I don't know if successful is the word I'd use, but I would say this it's a decent win of an offseason just because you didn't lose JT. But I don't know if I'd say the Phillies are being overlooked. I think they're definitely going to be in the mix. The NL East really has the potential to be a bloodbath this season, and at best the Phillies have a fighter's chance in it. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it'll definitely be interesting. Um, but I don't think there's any reason to think why this team can't compete. Well, <laughs> uh, there's, there's, there's certainly enough reasons. But, Luke, I know you did uh, this week on the Liberty Line uh, write, write a pretty good piece on Reese Hoskins. Uh, go over with us quickly. How important is it uh, for Reese Hoskins to have a bounce-back year coming up this season? It's huge. Um we know how big of a bat he has, um, and his impact on the game is just crazy. Um, with when the Phillies um, in 2020, the Phillies are eight and two when Reese Hoskins hits a home run, eleven and four when Hoskins had at least one RBI, and Hoskins' uh, stats and wins are insanely better. Um, so we know the impact that he has and the hype that he has around him. Um, and I think one thing that we've kind of taken away from him was his fielding. It's definitely been not great. Um, but I think with him now finally getting into that first base position, uh, because obviously earlier in his career he was moving around a little bit, playing a little left field. But now I think he's starting to realize that he's going to be here for the long run. He's a first baseman. Um, and I think just the, the impact that he has on this team on and off the field is going to be really big for them this year. Yeah, the Phillies could certainly use a protective year out of him coming up, coming up in this in, in this next season. But be sure to go follow uh, Kevin. Uh, he's now a Sixers insider for nine seven three ESPN. Follow him at Kevin McSee nine seven three. Luke, what is your handle? Because I forget. <laughs> uh, uh, it's just um, it's just A R C A I N I and then Luke. Oh, man, nice and simple. Nice. I thought it was reports, but that's your email, so I didn't want to get it confused. But be sure to go follow him uh, as, as he does cover the uh, the Sixers and the Phillies as well as uh, dabbles in other things for the Liberty Line. So be sure to go follow them. We're going to wrap up this segment right here. But coming up next, uh, we do have the good old penthouse and doghouse segment. But stay right here at Fox Sports, the Gambler.
and see who's riding high uh, in the penthouse. So I'll start this week with Kevin, actually, because uh, I, I have a good feeling who's in his penthouse. So who do you got in the penthouse, Kevin? Who Who's uh, riding the doghouse another week? I say another because I feel like who's staying in there. So. <laughs> for, yeah, for the doghouse, it's just it's still going to be John Middleton and Andy McPhail. I, yeah, like yeah, I said yeah. before, yeah, yeah. because you... JT and DD fell into your laps. There's no success in that, and you were going to stay there despite that. But for the penthouse, who other than Ben Simmons? Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons has been phenomenal as of late. Mm-hmm. Was incredible against the Portland Trailblazers. Continues to show confidence and assertiveness on the floor. We're starting to see more of a post game from him, seeing a little bit of his own iteration of a skyhook recently that has been an interesting development in recent games. But. He's also been really comfortable with that baby hook, which has been great to see. And just seeing him assert himself as a scorer along with still being able to be a top facilitator in the league has been great to see from him. Yeah, Ben Simmons, I feel like he's uh, he's on a lot of good uh, good lists this week. So not, not much to complain uh, as far as Ben Simmons. Jack, what you got? I've, I've, I've read from the last two weeks. I'm going to go with Kev here. Again, just Ben Simmons in the penthouse. He has just been killing it. I mean, Kev pretty much said everything. It's continuing to ride that wave. Imagine hating Ben Simmons. My doghouse, there have been, I, I saw last night, I, I don't know how, but there was people hating Joel Embiid during last night's game. I don't know how that happens. The man have killed it. He had 23 points, I think it was like the first half or something, and he was almost willing them. He was dominating Ennis Cantor and Harry Giles down low last night. I don't know why he was getting slandered last night, so that's my doghouse. People hate on Joel Embiid. People hating on Joel Embiid, and I haven't seen any of those lately. Where, where have you seen it, actually? I'm not gonna drop ads, but like, I just. Oh no! I didn't, I didn't ask for all that. I didn't ask for all that. So the internet is what you're saying, okay? Yeah, so Twitter. All right, I got you. I got you. Luke, who's in the doghouse for you, and who's riding high in the penthouse? Oh, uh, my doghouse this week is a coach with the Eagles who had a longer tenure. <laughs> than uh, the assistant. Eleven days. Fax coach Jay Valai, I believe you say his last name. I, who I cares? Who cares anymore? Um, <laughs> leaves leaves for Alabama the day after that we announce him on our coaching staff. If he doesn't want to be here, I don't want him here. Not for nothing. Um, he probably got a pay raise. Four, had a better job. Less four, toxic. He had four, toxic. Fun fact: He will have four different jobs in 2021 already and we have been in 2021 for two months um, and yeah. in my penthouse it's i'm just going to keep rolling with everyone it's just ben simmons he's just been absolute just playing great um just defensive impact um driving to the lane going up and one-on-one with covington last night taking him dunking and then screaming in his face he how, about that, all, uh, how about that? How about that sequence from Ben yesterday? That was uh, really that that sequence with the block. Insane. Yeah, that was awesome. insane. Just, insane. He's just been playing great lately, and and I feel like his confidence is just through the. You know why, right? Because he doesn't think he's gonna be an all star. So he's trying to make sure. Exactly. He's trying to make sure he gets he's that nod. Determined. 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 Ben Simmons. I I got no I got no complaints on my and Justin. What yes. you got this week? So in my penthouse, I have the new franchise quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. I have Jalen Hurts. He's out here doing he do? team workouts what? for the team. He's working out with the young guys already. Something that Carson Wentz isn't doing. He's out there wow. killing animals instead. Um, you know, this guy, this guy Carson, man. If you really wanted to be here. You would have said something by now. You would have said, hey, Coach Sirianni, happy to have you here because you do it for every other player, every other thing that happened with this team. But you have yet to address anything on social media. I was giving you benefit of the doubt, but uh, I'm sorry, man. Time's up. Yeah, it is up, for uh, for lack of a better term. <laughs> 
Yeah. So wait, Carson's in your doghouse? Is that what that is? Yeah, Carson's in my doghouse. Yeah, it sounds like it. Clearly, clearly. All right, Steve. <laughs> Steve, who you got the doghouse, and who's uh, who, who's Ryan Good in the penthouse this week? Dang. So I kind of have to ride. Got to follow that up. You got to follow that up. In my penthouse, like Jay Brad said, Carson's time is up, and whether I like it or support it or not, Jalen Hurts' time is now. Penthouse, so Jalen Hurts, franchise quarterback. Um, it's just you know the reality. We have to accept it. He can do no wrong. The media is riding this guy. The organization is riding this guy. The fans have been riding this guy. So how is he not in the penthouse? Um, for the doghouse, I'm taking uh, Kevin's version of the Phillies to the Eagles approach. GM and owner Jeff Lurie and Howie Roseman, you guys suck. <laughs> fired Super Bowl. Well, this this dates back to Andy Reid. They fired Andy Reid, by the way, who's going to go down as arguably one of the best coaches in NFL history they then fired Doug Peterson who's a Super Bowl winning coach whether or not he deserved it's a completely different topic they're about to trade the number one asset they've had in this organization arguably ever they're about to trade this guy and we're debating giving him up for two second round picks you guys both suck you're in the doghouse yeah I'm with you on that can't yeah Howie and uh, Howie and Larry got some explaining to do with the way even even you know regardless of, of how they failed to build or whatever the situation is just this whole process with uh, with with they 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 made a really big mess. <laughs> they made a, a hard mess with this whole situation and they're taking their time fixing it and it's it's not getting any better they better get on it and figure out what the situation is uh, so for me this week the penthouse obviously is going to be Ben Simmons. I was hoping, um, um, you know, Stephen was gonna was gonna you know keep keep that keep that going with the, with the Ben Simmons things. Well, over the last five games, uh, eighteen points, eight rebounds, eight assists, two steals on the block, and it's it's hard to uh, you know the the man always stuffs, stuffs the stat sheet. Um, but the, with the way he's playing in, in, in this last week or two, it's been it's not a lot of, not a lot to complain about. Um, still don't like the outlet pass yesterday, but that's that's neither here nor there. So <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get over that. And the dark house for me this week is actually going to be Schefter because he told me last week that a Carson trade was coming in the coming days, so I was emotionally prepared for it, and it hasn't happened yet. So I'm fairly I'm pretty upset with the way that this whole situation is going. And now the more and honestly with the with the way that this looks, with the more time that passes, I'm worried if he's going to get traded at all. So I. I I'm, I I, uh, I he just needs to he just needs to go. Not not that we want Carson Wentz to leave, but they need to just make it happen so that we can move on. Because I don't like the way that uh, that's that the situation is going. So I got Chef there in the uh, in the doghouse for that, and Ben Simmons riding high in the uh, in the penthouse. So real quick before before we wrap this up, uh, I just need one quick opinion from everybody. If there was one if there was one guy we can get for the Sixers before the deadline, one guy because it's it's evident they need a piece, a shot creator, uh, a stretch forward, whatever the situation is. If there's one guy, I'll save Kev for last because he's got the guy I don't want. <laughs> but <laughs> the one guy uh, who 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 is going to put us over the edge, and I'll start with I'll start with Jack, and I'll go around. Well. All right, well, I agree with Kev on the one I know he's going to say, but I'll try to think of another here. The one I kind of brought up it was an interesting one. It was a hot take. I see it as a possibility, but if Kevin loved the rumors of him getting bought out, I think oh. he would be interesting, but Sheesh. I don't know. I thought I'd switch it up because I always hear the same three or four names, so I thought I'd try another name. I mean, they've been... They are in the market for that type of player. They said they're interested in Namaja by Alicia or Bajelica. I forget how exactly his last name for Sacramento. He was originally going to come here before, but he signed the last minute. He's going to sign elsewhere. So that's another interesting name. I think just another type of that four or five stretch kind of player. Interesting. I, I've had seen Love's name, you know, you know, here and there. Not that it's 
you know, not not. It would be interesting to see how that works, but not not completely out the box. That's not a bad. That's not a bad pick, Luke. What you got? What, what one player do you want from the, to come to the Sixers that will help us on that deep playoff run? We hope we go on. I'm gonna go uh, with uh, Laurie Markin, and uh, I think mm-hmm. that he just. Um, I think the way that he plays is something that can really value this team right now. Shoot the three ball, score, and just be that big presence on the court, especially with his height. Yeah, not a bad option there. He, uh, I wonder how he would play with Joel Embiid, but he's definitely a, a productive player, and uh, it's it's looking rough for him in Chicago. He's producing, but not at the level we know Larry Marketing can. It would be interesting the way he comes because every time I, I I see this man, I just think of Ben bodying this dude last year uh, on, on that dunk. But yeah, that's also an intriguing option at the fourth spot because who knows when Mike Scott is coming back? So interesting, Stephen. Who's the guy for you? Who's who's gonna come to the Sixers team and give us that extra depth that we need? Bring me the other pure sweat guy, the guy who can get you buckets in isolation and shoot the three ball, baby. Zach Levine and Joel Embiid will take this team <laughs> to the comics land. Ben Simmons can play his role even better, man. Imagine. How would you stop this team? I don't care what it takes. If you can keep your core three, you give up everything else for Zach Levine. There's your big four. Yeah, well, that is the pipe dream at this point. Either Bradley Beal or Zach Levine. Well, Bradley Beal's uh, probably not leaving at this point. But Levine, if he's, yeah. Not, well, the, the question then becomes, what do you give up for Zach Levine? Does the acquisition of Zach Levine make the team better, or does it make it worse by losing additional depth when we're trying to add some? So that's something uh, I'm sure the Sixers are keeping in mind. So, Kev, go ahead and hit us with the least favorite player that none of us wants on the Sixers. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we know, P.J. Tucker's still oh. my guy. But if I had to pick someone outside of that, I'm still on the Lou Williams train. I've seen some stuff that the Clippers will be open to making him available. And... Listen, if you can get Lou Will at the right price, I think he would be a very solid pickup. Him and Shake off the bench together would be a very fun duo. A lot of shot creation, a lot of facilitation. And as we know, Doc Rivers is that six-man whisperer. So reuniting him with the former six-man of the year would be a very fun addition to this team. Yeah, I'm so glad I didn't have to listen to a monologue about P.J. Tucker. <laughs> but Lou Williams was, was, was going to be my pick. Uh, 11 points per game this season, shooting 40% from three. Obviously seeing decreased time with the addition of uh, of Reggie Jackson over there. Uh, so you, like you said, he may be the odd man now, and I'm sure the Sixers will welcome him. He would be uh, another shot creator that the Sixers need when 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 players need rest. And, you know, Maxie and Shake, you know, they're, they're, they're good for what they are, but in instances that they can't get it done, uh, Lou Williams would definitely – uh, serve, serve, uh, would be beneficial to, to the bench, uh, in addition to this team as a whole. So, that about wraps up this episode of Liberty Line Radio right here on Fox Sports The Gambler. Be sure to give Fox Sports The Gambler a follow on Twitter and Instagram at FoxPHLGambler. Do the same for Liberty Line uh, on Twitter as well at Liberty Line PHL. Follow myself uh, on Twitter at the Philly Pod. Follow Stephen Stephen Conrad Jr. Follow Kev at Kevin Mo, Kevin McSee nine seven three. I'm so used to saying the sports. <laughs> Kevin McSee nine seven three. Luke, you can follow him at Arcane Luke on Twitter. Justin Justin J Bradley. Be sure to follow him for all union stuff coming up. Uh, we are getting more news uh, as the weeks goes on. But until the next one, guys, peace out and wish Drew well because he's probably out not knowing where he is. But follow him. <laughs> on Twitter at Drew M. Smith. But until the next one, guys, peace out from Liberty Line Radio. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.